Hi friends, today's Two Monicas and a Microphone episode, in conjunction with Nothing Serious Productions, is another Spotlight episode. Today's featured guest is Nicole Simpson. She's not only the founder and creator of Skin by Amethyst, she's also been noted in HealthWorks Collective as one of the seven notable entrepreneurs in the health and beauty sector. It's our pleasure to showcase Nicole, her vision, her passion, and her story. Skin is the most amazing topic, I think, Monica, because everybody's got something that they love and something that they hate. Absolutely. And I have probably a 90 to 1 ratio on the hate-love. Friends, we have a guest host today, Nicole Simpson, and she and I worked together what now seems like a lifetime ago before kids, while we were still traveling and staying up too late and going to fun places like Vancouver, Canada for business trips, eating ridiculously good and expensive food that someone else was paying for. Wasn't that the best? That was the best. You're triggering all those memories right now. And France, who could forget France? Who could forget France? Yeah, so we have a lot of memories together, but Nicole is a guest host today for a couple of reasons. One, because she is a creative entrepreneur. She's a mother of two, like so many of us. And she's an expert on skin. She is the skin expert. And since I've known her, has done so much investigating, learning, and discovery with skincare and ingredients. I know there's too much to go over since the last time we saw each other, which was maybe back in 2014. Can you even believe it? Has it been that long? Yeah. Seven years, two kids, several moves. Several moves. Like I Um, said, a whole lifetime. Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, you have two. I have two. I moved from New York to Florida to LA back to Florida. You've moved a lot. And now we're going to move to Florida. Well, we'll almost be neighbors, except for where you're moving is kind of far. Can you give me just a little verbal resume for our followers and our friends who are curious about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am a licensed esthetician. Let's see. I've had my license for about 16 years. You know, I've been in the beauty industry for that long. You know, while I have spent a lot of time practicing on clients, you know, one of the things that I always loved because I did all of my studies in science, I just really loved the scientific construct of skincare products. So like what's in it? How does it work? Does it actually work in skin? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, why is something here if it doesn't need to be there? And so mm-hmm. that brought me into industry and I worked for Pierre Fab, which is where you and I met. Mm-hmm. And from there just spent years traveling everywhere, teaching and educating and working with estheticians and doctors just to share information on how to do chemical peels how to use skincare products that are best for your skin, how to mm-hmm. get your best skin. And then mm-hmm. when I left PF5, I went to L'Oreal where I took on a global role. So I did the same thing. Meanwhile, I was with my kids. But you know, <laughs> I was trying and epic fail because you have to be home. That is a you very know, good point. People would ask me where I lived and I'm like, I'm on a United flight somewhere. And I think being in the global role was awesome for maybe the first year because you do get to see new places. And I've met, I mean, I can't even tell you the most amazing people that I've met around the world, but that kind of travel has an expiration date. I think Monica, it was like almost 85% travel internationally, 37 countries. That's a lot. Everything kind of gets affected by that. Like your, your health, your sleep, your mental well-being, like all of it, you know, it was amazing. And I decided from that point that like you have had an entrepreneurial spirit. And as much as I loved working for skincare companies and learning the dynamics of, you know, how great products are made and how to help people be successful fulfilling them. I just knew that I wanted to do something for myself. So I took the biggest, most scary leap of my life 
and left my dream job at L'Oreal and and started a consulting company. And from there, you know, I've stayed in the industry, but things have just flourished and I couldn't be happier. That is so cool. And so your consulting company helps offices use social media to market, but do it the right way instead of looking like a hot mess. So we do a lot of that. We also work with bigger skincare companies. A lot of them are international. What we found, like there are several parts of the world that do skincare really well. The United States is one of them, but some of the European countries make some of the best skincare we've ever used. Mm-hmm. You know that much. Oh, I do. Korean companies make excellent skincare. You know, I've had the honor to find where they are, but because I've built up my network, there are a lot of international companies that have the most incredible skincare, but don't necessarily have the people to help bring it into the United States. So I do a lot of that too. So I'll work with international players and if the products are good and I've tried them and I, if I can stand behind them, that means doctors are going to stand behind them and the market will stand behind them because to come here, they have to work. You can't just like throw something in a bottle and and hope for the best. So there's so much competition here. So it has to be good. So we help bring them into the United States. So that's what my consulting company does. It allows me to stay really close to the beauty industry, but also flex that entrepreneurial muscle. That was like the balance I think I was always looking for, but missing in corporate life. That's so cool. I'm glad you found that because it allows you to be passionate and close to something and still have your life and your family. Exactly. And I think that's also something thing that, you know, we as women, it's such a sticking point, right? It's like, okay, do I be mom or do I go to work? Or if I'm going to do both, how do I do that? And I feel like having my consulting company, even though it's higher risk, I got to make a choice. I got to choose and say, you know what, if I want to spend a certain amount of hours with my kids each day, then I can do that. Yeah, I'm going to pay for it because I'll probably be working till midnight every night, mm-hmm. but right. I'm in charge of that. And I'm in charge of, if, you know, if I feel like I need exercise or if I need to do something for my well-being. One of the things I learned through my corporate journey was that burnout is very real and you can't pour from an empty cup. And when you work high profile jobs like that, you you don't have time to fill your own cup. You know, you're always giving, giving, giving to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to learn how to take a step back and and take care of me so that I can take care of everybody else. And I think that was like the biggest conduit for that, for that, that change was just mm-hmm. knowing that if I kept going by age 40, which is next year, OMG, but by age 40, I would just fall flat on my face. So it Welcome was- Welcome to the club. Why, thank you. Um, so that was like a really big kind of driving force behind that. Like a lot of the tenants that are important to me, such as like women entrepreneurs supporting other women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and then just, you know having the control to choose your own life is something that was gained by making that transition and okay and for that like it's such a I know you didn't even ask me but I'm going no, there okay. because for me it's such a yeah. it's such a it's so important because I feel like I really want to give voice to it that you know if you're out there if you're like Monica if you're like myself and you know you're finding yourself with kids and pressure work pressure job pressure all of that like it's okay to to make the decisions that make you happiest because ultimately when you are the happiest version of yourself, everything around you is going to thrive, whether it's your business, your family, both, it doesn't matter. Like it's, you, you'll see the biggest difference. It's so true. And I think what you said about working in the corporate world, pouring from an empty cup, I've learned that as a mother with two kids close in age, being home with them, you know, mm-hmm. after a few years of that, my cup was empty and my husband is wonderful. He'll give me all the time off, but solving the, the problem of I'm with my kids all day, every day. And it's very emotionally draining was something that really I just kind of plotted through and I wish I had been more proactive in getting some help with sitters, looking for a daycare. I did plenty of play dates and things like that for adult conversation. But in this last year, I've focused more on making sure that I feel good, that I'm mentally happy and adjusted because otherwise I'm just kind of angry mom all the time. 
Oh yeah. I feel you. Um, but what's that, like, what's that one thing that works for you though? Like, have you found that thing that, that Monica thing that you, that's your go-to that helps you kind of work through that? Um, you know, I love projects. And so, especially during COVID, since we were just stuck home together for so very long, uh, I loved projects. So I gardened obsessively in the summer. I did sourdough. I learned all about sourdough. I gave starters to everybody. I was going to start my own little sourdough factory in, in my house. Oh my gosh. Can you do it? Okay. Monica, do you remember teaching me all about how to make French press coffee? No. Do you remember? I'm sorry. I have to bring this up because I'm, I'm remembering now how good you were in the kitchen. You were teaching me and showing me YouTube videos from Gordon Ramsay, how to cut an onion. Properly. Oh no, we, I do remember that. We, and that's still how I cut my onions because we looked oh up the, a video while we were getting gas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you've, you've tapped into those things though. And, and that's, you're reconnecting to yourself is what's happening. So I love learning. I love projects and that's, I have orchids. I have bazillion orchids, you know, so I would, my downtime, instead of aimlessly scrolling through social media, which can get so negative, I just focused on what I liked roses, orchids, sourdough. And my whole feed was roses, orchids, and sourdough for 10 months. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and then in, in my free time, I would be actively pursuing those hobbies, the woman with a million hobbies, kind of like my dad. But that's okay. You feel closer to who you are and, yeah. and you're seeing that, you know, you are showing up as like the whole version of Monica. Absolutely. I think my kids and, like it. And you now have a podcast, which is such I know. a- like, Yeah. Ooh. So this has been another, another project. It's been a lot of fun. Nicole, I want to I want to know because you've been in the beauty industry a long time. I was in it for a long time. Do you remember the first beauty product you were obsessed with? Obsessed? Absolutely. Obsessed. I'm still obsessed with it. What is it? <laughs> you know it. It is a product. This is such an unknown hero. It is um, a product by Aven. Aven is a French brand. This is where Monica and I met, by the way. But it's a French brand that's based in southern France. They have presence around the world, and they are in the United States, but they have have this product called triacneal and you're still obsessed have, with it i'm still obsessed with triacneal that product is like the holy grail in a bottle and it's because it's got retinol inside but in mm -hmm. a certain format it's called retinaldehyde and it just works wonders without irritating your skin and so if you've got acne and aging and redness and all the things that are happening it's one product that does everything without causing any irritation so i can take it with me any season of the year it fits in my bag i can use it every night and it really does make a huge difference. You can use it on your neck, on your chest, on your face, on your hand. Oh yeah. I thought I hit a button and you were all of a sudden two times speed, which would no. not surprise me. So no, I remember when triacneal was launched and it was kind of yeah. revolutionary because of the combination of glycolic and retinaldehyde. Mm -hmm. And you know, I do remember you, you were obsessed with it, you and oh, yeah. uh, Roger. Oh yeah. It's, I'm still to this day, like I'll probably take, that's like the one beauty product I'll take to my grave. But that's the thing about beauty that I think is often overlooked is that, you know, we often find ourselves getting into this like hole of being stuck in a silo you'll find people who are like okay i want medical grade skincare because my doctor recommended it or i love everything at sephora or they look for brands that have certain amounts of credibility but the truth of it all is that most skincare products are good regardless of the brand as long as they're they're put together in, in, a, in a decent way most of them are good the challenge comes in finding what works for you everybody's so skin is that. so different and that is why i mean go to your instagram i challenge you all go on your instagram just drop a poll and what 
what's your one most favorite product for acne? What gets rid of your zit overnight? And you'll get 60,000 different answers because everybody has something that works for them. And that's okay. That's why there's such diversity in beauty and why there can be so many brands because there's not a one size fits all. Everything is so personal. The challenge comes in finding the budget to test it until you find what right. works. <laughs> that, is, that is the rub. My husband's like, it's, it's cleanser. Can't you just, I'm like, no, I, I no. it's not the right one. No. Do you have any current skincare obsessions? Um, the current one that I have is actually a serum that I created. And I don't say this in like an ego way at all. It's going to sound so arrogant, but it's not intended to be that way. But like I've had my hands on a lot of products over the years. And I often find myself behind the scenes working with companies and brands developing their products. Like there's a lot of very, very famous products on the market today that I was on the development team for. And so I learned a lot of things. And there came a point in my career where I was like, okay, I have a skincare line or I, I want to do a skincare line. And I always said, I'll do it when there's a reason for it. And when the time is right. And, and I finally have taken the plunge on that, but I developed a serum that is specifically targeting blue light exposure. Ooh. And what's funny is it took me 18 months to develop and I did it before the pandemic hit. And we were launching like right when COVID started, who knew that Zoom would win the quarantine and everybody would be on screens. It would happen to coincide perfectly. But this serum, I'm obsessed with it. I, I hand selected everything inside, but I'll tell you why. Like the blend of ingredients are something, again, that it, this is a product you can take to your grave, use every single day, and it's only ever going to help you. So as everything. Cool. Yeah, it has everything you need and nothing that you don't. And we'll get into that, I'm sure, at the end. But I think mm -hmm. that's the one that I'm obsessed with because I feel like I got to choose the things inside that could help the most people with the mm -hmm. most versatile skin concerns and help protect skin for the long term. That's awesome. Yes, we're <laughs> definitely going to dig in a little bit deeper. So Nicole, you know, you've had so many different experiences. You're definitely in what I would call a niche industry. It's not mass market products. And then you design this product and you go to launch it during COVID. And then mm -hmm. you've moved a couple of times. So what's your daily routine like? I mean, oh. how do you manage the kids and the career that you've created for yourself? It's really tough and it's like a, a constant proactive approach. The daily routine has changed a lot. So gone are the days where I owned all of my time and now I have to be very cognizant. You know, time is the most valuable currency that we have besides health and creativity, right? So it's like, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right. but you never get it back. Them. Exactly. You don't get them back and, and how we manage them is what makes a difference between like, you know, everybody's perceived level of, of success or, or not so much. But for me, I find that if I'm not like up and at them by 530 in the morning, like my day actually <gasps> oh my <laughs> gets pretty well. I just okay. died inside because I guess if I want to be successful too, I have to be a morning person. Oh my God, I've never been a morning person. Are you, I think you're like me, like my dream hours would be going to sleep at 2 a.m. and waking up at 10 a.m. Like yes. that would be my day. Yes. Yes. Okay. Same page, right? Yeah. That's so. why I take a nap in the afternoon when the kids, well, they don't nap anymore. So I guess neither do I, because <laughs> then I get to stay up later because that's when my brain kicks in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. My brain starts at 10 p.m., which is the most incredible thing because I watch people sleep so blissfully and I'm like, I couldn't talk my brain into going to sleep if I tried. I mean, with kids, you get so exhausted that it's easier but 
<laughs> I almost fell asleep with my laptop on my lap yesterday on the couch at 8.15, sitting oh up. I felt yeah. myself nodding off. We've had those nights. But you know, Monica, you're an incredible mom. And I think there's a lot of strength to be found in that because you, I mean, look at what you're doing. And I think you've probably had to change your, your daily routine too. But I find that if I'm going to, you know, because during the day, there's a lot of Zoom meetings or a lot mm -hmm. of things on camera that like I can't show up in jammies, at least full jammies. Right. I mean, I think everybody at this point is in jammy bottoms with like their pretty suit coats, but <laughs> like it's, you know, you got to show up. So if I want to show up right, I reserve time for meditating. I feel like when I am praying and meditating in the morning, that helps me set the tone for the entire day so that I'm not showing up as angry mm -hmm. mom and I'm not showing up irritated. It's like if I'm worried about oh, something, I think that's great. Um, yeah, have anxiety about something like I, I meditate on it, pray on it and I leave it there. So I, I show up happy. Then it's just getting ready and then getting mentally prepared for the onslaught of two toddlers who you know, gang up on mom. So, you know, we do breakfast and all that. I get them to school. But then when I get back from that, it's boss time. We've got a boss mm -hmm. up to do list. I think Sunday planning, if I don't plan my week on Sunday night, I feel it during the week. And so mm -hmm. it's really just like making sure that I fill my cup so I can pour into my daily life, into my children, into my projects. And then, you know, just being as organized and proactive as possible. I can totally I say that about you, the organization. <laughs> and you had an agenda and I don't say that in a negative way, but you're like, okay, this is what we need to accomplish and let's figure out how we're going to do it. And I'd like to think that I'm I'm somewhat similar. You are. I need a plan. I want a yes. plan. And then, you know, if something happens to interrupt it, you pivot. You just figure out a different way to get to where you need to be. Exactly. And I think that's that flexibility is what makes entrepreneurs entrepreneurs is that ability to pivot and think fast and to, you know, not get too ruffled when, when the plans. How many of us, you always say like fail to plan, plan to fail, but it's like, okay, you can go into any of your best days of the plan and, you know, your plan really sticks and stays. But at least it gives you direction That's and then so it's that, that like entrepreneurial kind of light-footed skill that you gain to pivot like you said you said it fast and you are one of the best by the way <laughs> at pivoting <laughs> i learned that from you darling oh thanks thanks <laughs> since you've been an entrepreneur now for a couple of years what is the worst advice that you've received when you took your big leap oh man I mean, this is, we can go down the rabbit hole. Funny or cringeworthy? Give me funny or cringeworthy. I don't have funny. Oh, God. Have, well, I'm sure funny, most funny. of it's cringeworthy. It's cringeworthy. Like the, the worst one was about not being able to have interest outside of your business. Like you even see it today. Like when you watch like Shark Tank, they're like, oh, I don't want to invest in anybody who doesn't like live, eat and breathe their businesses. But I can't even tell you the most inspiring ideas I get either to help market my business better or help a client better or mm -hmm. build a better product come from not being in my industry. Like I'll watch a food show and hear them talking about a certain way they blend ingredients to get like a really amazing cupcake. And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of how a skincare product works. Like inspiration let's is everywhere. It literally everywhere. And so I think it's really stupid when people try to pigeonhole you into something until you can't have interest outside mm -hmm. of your business. I've also been told, you know, uh, don't over talk your work. Like, <laughs> what does that like, mean? Don't take credit for, or don't take too much credit for your work. Meaning, like, don't brag. Don't, you know, they they want you to be humble. I've I've heard people. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah. people actively want you to not promote yourself and how awesome you are when what you're doing is awesome. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I've been told that. If so my like, podcast has a million downloads at any given point. You had better believe I will be all over Reels and Instagram and Facebook 
bragging about how we're at a million downloads. We have a goal. Okay. Right. Exactly. And that, you know, this is, this is advice. I mean, I've been given this advice. I get advice. I mean, I can't even tell you, but what, what I've, the cringeworthy, the most cringeworthy, and this is not cringeworthy, like, oh my God, or cringeworthy funny, but it's cringeworthy Mm -hmm. sad. I realize that it's just an extension of like the insecurities of other people that they so badly want to project on others because for whatever reason, like success intimidates the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. And I've realized yeah. like, if you're an entrepreneur, you can't play it safe. No, risk. Even mm-hmm. calculated risk. risk is risk, right? Yeah. You cannot play it safe. You cannot be stuck inside of the box. There are going to be parts of your business that you're good at and parts of your business that you suck at. Like I'm really good big picture thinker. So I'm always ever going to be like a good CEO when it comes to my projects, but mm-hmm. operations shoot me in the head. If I played a safe and stayed in my box and I had an operational problem, it would never get solved because mm-hmm. it would scare me. And so you you have to, as an entrepreneur, like you cannot limit yourself. And I think all of these like self-limiting pieces of advice are, are cringeworthy for that reason. Yeah. Elon Musk didn't build a rocket based out of fears or insecurities or, or playing it safe or not being proud of his work. Like he's going to take people to space because and he I'm did sure the he had a opposite. lot of people telling him he was insane. Insane. Absolutely. So, Literally I mean, so and figuratively insane. I think he's freaking awesome. He wants a challenge. He doesn't mind risk. And you can tell that he calculates it out. And he once he makes up his mind, he does not care what anyone else says. And I think that's really a great, I mean, that's one of the things you have to have as an entrepreneur. I'm sure you feel the same way. I feel the same way. It's like, it's almost like that unapologetic thing and that like, I know that we can go down the rabbit hole on all of these, but like, even as you know, we could go on the topic of being a female entrepreneur too. It's like mm-hmm. how many times <laughs> I kind of don't want to open the door, but I feel like women even struggle here harder because our nature is women. Mm-hmm. We're the kind, nurturing type. We love more. We, I don't want to say love more. We love differently. Like our emotions do find their way, mm-hmm. even when we we intentionally try to shut them off. We are emotional thinkers. That's just how we are created. And it's a struggle to learn as a woman to like, forgive the expression, you can edit this out if it's terrible, but no, like, it's okay. as a woman to turn off your feelings and put your balls on the table and be like, listen, I'm not apologizing for this. This is my idea. It's a good yeah. idea. I'm going to stand behind it. And you know, if you don't like it, then don't join me. Don't follow my social media. Don't stand behind me. Like right. I'm looking to build my group of fans, my crew on the people who support what I'm doing. And those who want to come with me can come. Those who don't, then don't go away. But I just, I feel like, you know, don't you think it's the- interesting that the people who don't want to be along for the ride also feel it necessary to bring negativity. It's like, I always think of Thumper from Bambi. Yes, mama, what have I told you before, Thumper? If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. I mean, and it's true. It's like, okay, don't don't be with me. That's fine. But also just don't be a hater. Exactly. It doesn't accomplish anything. And so, you know, and I think maybe this is not advice, but one of the biggest lessons in entrepreneurship I've had is just to stop caring what anybody thinks. Like, okay, I want the good things. Like mm-hmm. if you like what I'm doing or if my product has changed your skin or if something I've done or said has inspired you, like I love hearing about that. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to the bad or the negative opinions or whatever, like mm-hmm. I don't care. I hate having haters, but everybody's got them. Like, you know what? I don't care. You say what you want. And I think that was a big lesson to find the confidence and the self-love and the 
backbone to believe so much in what I'm doing to like not care. Okay. Like, and I think that's, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. And since then, all the projects that I do thrive because I don't have that that's insecurity awesome. of who's watching, what are they mm -hmm. going to say? I just don't care anymore. And that to me is the best feeling in the world. I love that. I love that that you created your niche and you're thriving in it and you've come into your own. Yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something maybe that you've had to give up. I don't know, maybe since becoming a mom, since starting your own company, since COVID, something you've given up, not given up willingly, but you had to give it up and you can't wait to get back into. Um, well, I just got back into it. It was Botox. <laughs> yes, yes, girl, yes. No, I'm glad my husband doesn't listen to these episodes because girl, I got back into it during COVID too. Right? Oh my God. Like Monica, I mean, when you're pregnant, you can't have it. Nope, you're nursing, you can't have it. it. Like, and then, I did my babies back to back. So that was like four years. Yeah. So we're, we're just getting back into Botox. That's awesome. That's so, so that awesome. was one. I'm going to invite you in on the same question because okay. I feel like, I don't know if this is just me, but I know that what's changed since I've become a mom. Like I used to love like meeting or something. I used to love going to grab like a pair of shoes for the meeting or a new dress or like a new jacket mm -hmm. or like some new lipstick or something. Like now I'm just like, you know what? I don't care if that blazer is seven years old. Like the money I would spend on the blazer, like that's outfits for my kids or like that's Disney tickets yeah. or you know what I'm saying like I just I constantly struggle like I'm putting them first I don't know do, do you do you have that I do I think Paul is probably more so than me I will still splurge a little bit I had a special delivery a couple weeks ago with some things for myself <laughs> but honestly I do it a lot less a lot less I feel like I'm turning into my mom in some of the best ways because she would always say well no, I don't need that. Let's get something for you. And I feel like I do that more for my kids. 10 yeah. years ago when I was on Amazon shopping or on Nordstrom.com shopping, I would be just looking primarily for me. And now my carts are 90% for my kids. I'm there with you. And I don't mind it. Like it doesn't hurt. Like I don't feel like, uh, you know, damn it. I really wanted that thing for me, but right. I've just noticed that that's like a shift, like yeah. a big shift. Or yeah. And, and makeup, Sienna loves makeup. And so now I don't go shopping for makeup for myself anymore. I go shopping for makeup for her. What's her favorite makeup? Uh, you know, I gave her all of, not all. I gave her a lot of my old Stila Ooh. and she used and abused that stuff. I could send you, I, I might put some pictures in the show notes because she does a yeah. really good job. She's very, um, I'm going to say theatrical and artistic. That's amazing. Those are excellent <laughs> qualities in a child. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I would agree. I just tend to think more about them and what they need than I do about myself which also goes into the, I have to make sure that I take care of myself because it's very easy to let your bucket get totally drained. Absolutely. And I think it all comes back to that, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I think, you know, I don't know, that's just something that I've noticed. So like, yeah, but I do notice if I'm gonna splurge, it's more on like wellness and self-care. Okay. When it wasn't like that before, like sure. I'll drop $200 worth on like Pilates classes or mm -hmm. <laughs> like a yoga retreat. Okay. And that used to be on like different things too. So I don't know. I think maybe just getting older and having Definitely. And since we just moved and I had my whole closet packed up and all of my shoes, I mean, Nicole, it was embarrassing. My mom was helping me pack up my shoes. I have the boxes for at least 50% of the pairs. I bring out all the boxes. She's like, oh, okay, this isn't bad. And then I showed her all the pairs without boxes. Okay. <laughs> and I still buy new shoes, but I realized after the last pair that I purchased, I don't use them nearly enough. No. I have so many. Right. And you know, like you can't really carry around a 35 pound three and a half year old when he's crying in five inch wedges. 
It's just not doable. It's not safe for anyone. <laughs> not to mention the occasions that I have to wear those kinds of shoes. I'm probably drinking some wine. So let's just double. I was just going to say that. I'm like, double the safety this risk. sounds like bottle of wine type of conversation. <laughs> yeah. Just double the safety risk. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, let me look at some new flats. Let me look at some new sneakers. I love Adidas sneakers. Maybe that'll be my wardrobe expansion this year. I don't know. I think you should. I think we should both do it. I think we need a Nordstrom digital date and just pick some nice yeah. shoes. That oh, that'd be super fun. Field. Okay. Let's see. Let's get into some fun stuff. Since you're on social media a lot, it's in part how you promote your business, your brand. What is the most cringeworthy thing you see on social media today? What would you- 90s fashion, for sure. 90s fashion. Oh yeah. It's back. Good God. Don't cancel me for saying this. If you guys like 90s clothes. The the high-waisted mom jeans. No. You know how hard I work to get into my low rise, even after two kids? Yeah. <laughs> now we want to go high waisted? No thanks. Yeah, no, it's so funny. I returned some the other day because they arrived and they were too high and Paul just can't stand them. So I'm like, okay, I don't need any grief about my jeans on a daily basis from my husband. I just don't need to deal with it. So I returned them and I told, he was a young guy, probably in his twenties. I was like, did you know that when I was growing up, we made fun of people for wearing these jeans? And he just looked at me with a blank stare. I'm like, fine, he didn't get it. Is this the first time? So I'm starting to like really feel now, like where we are just Mm -hmm. even generationally like i don't know if any of you listening listen to hip-hop but unfortunately dmx passed away the other day i did i know i know it's so sad and like of course that's like for us we feel that but my marketing assistant is so young she's 24 years old and she was here working with me the day that he died and Mm -hmm. i said to her like oh my god dmx is passing away and she's like who's that what she had no idea who he was and i was like did i just officially cross the line into I'm old. Yes, you did. I think I did. <laughs> I'm old. And even just hearing when you ask me what's cringeworthy on social media, I mean, there's a lot of cringeworthy things, especially when you see what's happening with young girls injecting their faces and like struggling with self-esteem. Like that's truly cringeworthy. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm half joking about 90s fashion I and mean, you can make anything look good. But I really do legitimately look at that. And I think I was 12 when I had those jeans or like I was 13 when I was wearing those crop tops. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've officially crossed the line into old. And then just thinking of, of what happened with with the DMX comments like this this like really kind of sucks I don't feel it I don't even listen to current music anymore so when I'm trying to be hip and cool and do a fun reel I don't know what songs to choose what songs to pick (laughs) why don't you call my marketing assistant she'll make us both young and cool I'm like can she just send me a playlist and be like okay every three months these are the songs that you need now do you TikTok nope not me either okay good I don't have time and I'm too old yeah I know the reels makes me feel really old every day. I know. Every day. If you had a superpower, what would it be? I think it would be telepathy because one of the things that I do miss, this actually could have answered your earlier question. It's like one of the things that I do miss pre-baby was mm-hmm. having more time just to check in on my friends and see how people are doing. And sure. You know, be there for others. Now it's really like if my kids need me, I'm there for them, or my family needs me, I'm there for them, or like my closest friends. But there's just so many of my friends and connections that I would love just to be able to check in on, make sure they're okay. How are you? And I think now I'm only able to do that with telepathy because there's just too many. So that would be my superpower. Oh, I think that's awesome. Just being more connected to people in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, you're learning that now, even with COVID, like so many people, you know, they say on the surface they're okay, but they're really not. 
And it mm-hmm. just makes me worry about the people I care about very much. So I'd love to be just more available. I think it's really easy to fake things on social media. I know from experience. I really, it's so important to me now that I really just want to be checking in, like really checking in on people, not the surface, like, oh yeah, things are great, blah, blah, yeah. blah, bullshit. No, like I want to get in and find out how people are really doing. And it's just, I just wish there were more hours in the day. Now I want to lighten it up a little bit. Yep. You don't know what I have planned, but I have a little game here. If okay, you cool. want to play. I want to play. All right. We're going to test your ingredient oh. and maybe brand knowledge. Oh my goodness. I hope I don't epically fail this. <laughs> All right. So I'm starting off with some easy ones. It's kind of like Jeopardy. You know, you're in the 100s right now. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to read you the description of the product. Okay. Powered by TNS-MR <laughs> and Renesasen advanced. This combination encourages skin cell renewal and supports collagen and elastin levels, revealing a smoother, more radiant and youthful complexion. That's going to be Skin Medica TNS Essential Serum. Yep. This next one, again, you're still in the 100s. Okay. Synergistic antioxidant combination of ferulic acid and pure vitamin C and E. You can, if you know the answer, you can buzz. Beautiful C ferulic. That's it. Now we might be into the 200. Oh boy. Okay. And and again, this is the description they give me. Powered by 1% retinol, this anti-wrinkle treatment boosts cell turnover to minimize fine lines and wrinkles while diminishing hyperpigmentation. Hydrating jojoba oil and shea butter promote firmness and elasticity as vitamin C and E work to synergistically to neutralize free radicals. I know it could be any, any of them, right? With retinol. Mm-hmm. But who has the retinol with vitamin C and E? Is it medical or non-medical? It's medical. It's medical? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I really don't have a good answer for this one. Okay. So I'll just guess and say skin better. Oh, Baji. What? Okay. Epic fail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now we're getting into some knowing your ingredients. Okay. Here's the description. Derived from apples and the root bark of fruit trees, including apple, pear, and grapefruit, this antioxidant neutralizes damaging free radicals, helps improve cell turnover, and improves the appearance of discoloration. From apple and the root bark of fruit trees. You know I wrote this description. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. We want to do it's either mandelic or malic acid. It's floritin. Floritin. Oh my God. This is an it's, epic. But again, product. it could be another one. Okay. Here's another one. Naturally produced by certain fungi, this acid helps improve skin's brightness. Kojic acid? Okay. Finally. Another ingredient, a water-soluble vitamin that has been shown to help reduce the appearance of skin discoloration. A water-soluble vitamin. Niacinamide? Yay. That's it. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. All right. You're on a roll. I wish I had more of these. Okay. Here's the last one. And this description is woefully short. Okay. It shields the skin from damaging free radicals. What kind of description is that? That's for the everyday person, I suppose. That can be like any antioxidant. Okay. I think this one is derived from grapes and it's found in wine. Oh, resveratrol. Yep. That's it. I can't believe I remembered that either. (laughs) Well, that was the the best podcast game I've ever played. So kudos to you. Thanks. I want to talk a little bit about some industry secrets because a lot of our friends, I have friends that, you know, they ask me what I recommend, what I use, but I don't really know anymore. I don't keep up on it. I know what I like. I know what works for me. So what, what are some trends that you're seeing on the East coast or the West coast, um, that you think might be worth jumping on? 
Um, for me, trends. It doesn't have to be a trend. It might, it might be a product, an ingredient. Uh... So I definitely see a couple of things happening. Like I actually, I'm not going to put this in geography. What we're starting to see for those who are more like technically oriented with their mm-hmm. choice of products, you're starting to see more like biological derivatives. So stem cells, DNA, okay. snail, like snail extracts. And you're starting to see DNA from like salmon eggs and um, stem cells coming from like mammalian placentas. Okay. And they sound so scary, but they're not. They actually, these biological derivatives, I believe, are the future of aesthetics. Yeah, they're going to be more used more and more. They'll be injected. They'll be used topically. But they, the beauty of them is that they actually can program your skin cells. So, for example, like your skin cells, some of them are healthy, some of them are not. What these ingredients will do is they'll go tell your healthy cells to like go and, and multiply and be fruitful. <laughs> like okay. go make more of yourselves and then yeah. it will go tell those damaged cells to just kill themselves and die. So you get younger skin along the way and it really does reverse like far better than what we're seeing from like all the things we know today. So that's a big trend. The, the opposite side of things for clean, like we hear a lot about clean beauty. So I'm not going to call this a trend though. I'm just calling it like a big shift. So like clean beauty was a trend. But now clean is a very loosely defined category, but is everything in here something we need? Did you get rid of all things we don't need? Did you get rid of anything harmful or Mm -hmm. questionable? And so just basic ingredients that work. Um, Mm -hmm. So the pressures on brands to have high efficacy formulas with not a lot of things in them and full transparency of what's in it. But I think that shift is, is no longer a trend. I think now if if skincare brands want to be successful, like mm-hmm. all of their products will have to be clean. So it's like a, a distillation or a simplification of a formula. If 90% needs to be in there, but 10% doesn't, then the company 10%. might get rid of the 10%. Yep. Okay. Or like potential endocrine disruptors. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about um, disrupting your hormones or accumulating in your cells that could potentially cause cancer. Like they look at parabens as as potential to, mm-hmm. to accumulate in your skin cells and, and cause problems in the future. And not just skin cells, all of your body cells. Looking to, the industry's looking to really get rid of anything questionable and only have things inside of a product that work. But there's a, a balance, you know, okay, if we take out a preservative that is potentially, like if you take out a paraben, you have you still have to preserve your products. If you and don't, how are you going to do that? Yeah, how are you going to do that? And an ingredient preservative might look great today, but in 10 years might turn harmful. We, we mm-hmm. haven't had enough to study, so it's still kind of like in the air, but we're doing our best. And I think we've done a really good job. Oh, that's great. And I think now might be the perfect time for a short commercial break. Today's episode is made possible by my affiliate partnership with the toxin-free beauty brand, Crunchy. That's Crunchy with an I. With all the talk these days about parabens and sulfates in our beauty products, it's hard to find a brand you can trust. And let's be honest, it can be annoying to read the back of every label before you buy something. And then you have to wonder, is it actually going to work? Who has the budget or the time for all of that? I definitely don't. That's why I love Crunchy. I don't have to read labels and I don't have to worry about toxins. Ready to make a safe swap in your beauty routine? Check out my site at crunchy.com slash Monica Miller. Now that we're back, in your opinion, what is the biggest gimmick in the beauty industry? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to say gimmick. Okay. But I mean, marketing is marketing, right? And I think not every brand does irresponsible marketing. So I'd like to go out of the gate saying that. But Mm -hmm. it is our job to sell product and to sell product. We have to appeal to people who have the wallet to buy the product, which means that there would be emphasis placed on things that you suffer from. 
like acne, like mm-hmm. wrinkles, like hyperpigmentation. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's gimmicky. Okay. There, there are brands that lead the way and they do a good job. I'll, I'll quote SkinCeuticals. I worked for them for many years, but they don't launch a product unless they study that thing inside out and backwards. And They, they have can so prove, many clinicals. So many clinical studies and they can prove that it causes like biological change in skin. So if they mm-hmm. prove that it works, they will launch a product. And so if they claim it helps pigment or if it helps acne or whatever, it really does. And so you for me, that's responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's responsible marketing. And then you have brands, my brand included, who make great products, but we don't have money. Like those clinicals cost hundreds of thousands right. of dollars just for one. Right. So it, it's not realistic that we're going to clinically study, but we know that certain ingredients work. So mm-hmm. we do our best. We'll, we'll put the best of what we can in a bottle. Mm-hmm. We'll put it on people. We'll see that it works and we'll talk about it. So right. we will market it to the best of our ability, but we may not have that like clinical substantiation. And I think the level or the extent to which a brand will go, mm-hmm. tapping into emotions, tapping into the pain points that make you want to purchase is where like some of that gimmicky stuff comes in. So that's where I'll leave okay. that. Okay. No, I love that answer because you're, you're right. It is all marketing and there's a reason people refer to certain things as snake oil, right? Exactly. Um, so that exists, but also there are plenty of other legitimate products out there who can say that can say things, but the proof is in the pudding. Sometimes you just have to try it and see whether or not it works for you. Because like you said, you could get 60 different answers for what gets rid of your pit bulls. We're, we're coming to the end, but I still feel like we could talk about so much more. Oh yeah. I, Maybe we'll do another episode at some point. Since we are wrapping up, I do want to go into what you're working on next because you mentioned well, it earlier that you yeah. created and developed a serum and I'm dying to try it. Monica and I, it's in it, we have the page up. And so like any day now, I'm gonna be hitting order. I'm so excited to talk about my skincare line. It's called Amethyst Skincare. Amethyst for generations has been known as the gemstone of youth. And it's just very representative of the energy that goes into making these products. You know, I love creating skincare products, but I do that anyway. I do it for a lot of different companies. And so it wasn't about that. This line was created for a couple of things. We wanted to lead the charge. Uh, I haven't traveled so much around the world. I spent time in China, India, all of it. And I've seen kind of where we're heading if we don't intervene with how we produce things, with how mm-hmm. we recycle things. So we we created Amethyst to kind of lead the charge on sustainability and to give sustainability and beauty a voice. But we also created it because we like we are women who support women and we want to give back. We want to create jobs. We want to do a lot of things for mentoring. We we want to grow this company and sell it and turn around and invest in other startups and help women achieve their dreams. So it's a company of purpose. However, I will say the products are the bomb. My favorite is the blue light serum, but a lot of people also like our retinol, our nighttime retinol serum and our okay. um, the face oil. The combination together just gives you glow. Like if glow is what you want, glow is what you shall have. Ooh. So yeah, check us out. Also, we do support for ocean. We donate five percent of all of our sales to we don't donate it we purchase because four ocean is not a a charity it's actually a corporation so we purchase their bracelets but every five products that we sell pulls a pound of plastic out of the ocean 
And that's really, that. yeah, a passion point for us. So it's, it's a brand of purpose. So if you'd like to support us, you can find us on at skin by amethyst on Instagram or skin by amethyst.com. Awesome. Awesome. And coming from someone who will be living very near the ocean in the future, I fully plan on having my kids go up and down the sand and pull all those stupid plastic bottle caps from the sand. Oh my gosh. People, just keep track of your bottle caps. Come on. It's, it's not simple. Carry and carry out. Whatever you bring yeah. in with you, bring it back out and deal with it properly. Absolutely. Okay. That's our PSA for today about the ocean and plastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me, to reconnect, to tell me about your life since I last saw you and your current projects and what you've got moving forward. You've been a great guest host. I hope we can do it again soon. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I oh loved my God. It. I'm so excited. Friends, me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help other friends like you find our podcast, or you can rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We're working hard to bring you content that interests you. So leave us a comment and tell us how you liked this show. You can find all of the resources used for this show in our show notes at twomonicaspodcast.com. Well, this is just another example of what we have to look forward to in 2022. Nicole has been so very patient since we recorded in May of 2021. I'd like to give credit where it's due, not only to Nicole Simpson and her brand, skinbyamethyst.com. You can also find her on Instagram at Nicole Knows Skin, but also to the music that we used in this episode. The introduction was provided by Frank Schroeder and background music, Winnie the Moog, Luca Fraula, and Alexander Nakarada. You can find full credits in our show notes, and all of them can be found on filmmusic.io. Until next time.